Mitchell. Welcome to the Edge broadcast. Tonight, we're going to be talking about unlocking the, the Bible secrets. And man, I'm thinking there's a lot of secrets in that book. There are indeed. <laughs> You're right about that, Daniel. So what got you uh, what what got you interested in looking at secrets? Well, you know, I started off because uh, when I was very young, um, I, well, actually, I didn't grow up in a religious family at all. We never darkened the door of a church. Uh, maybe somebody got married, but that's about it. <clears throat> and then around about 15, 16 years old, my older sister, one year older than I, started dating a young guy that was um, a father taught a Bible class. And she thought I would like it. And uh, for one reason or another, um, I decided to go check it out, probably thinking she was getting involved with some sort of a Mooney cult or something, you know. Uh, but as it turns out, the guy taught the Bible. And uh, his name was Brother Obed Kirkpatrick. He still lives in uh, Franklin, Tennessee to this day. But this was back when I lived in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And so I learned a little bit about rightly dividing the scriptures, which is a means of study, a method of study. And then from that point forward, I began to see some things and started searching and, and studying and then started teaching in my 30s and ultimately started pastoring a Bible church for about 16 years. But um, <clears throat> it was during that time I began to see some things that prophetically seemed to be unfolding and I never dreamed in my lifetime that uh, it would start to happen. And I, along with any number of others, were discovering some of the same things. We came from different backgrounds, different walks of life, but we were all coming to very similar conclusions. And uh, I think it's very possible that as we approach the time of the end, the Lord is giving some understanding to people, men and women, uh, across the world, really. And, um, and those of us that have that uh, understanding or trying to share as best we can what we've learned and what we think is about to happen. So that's kind of the long mm -hmm. short of it. Mm -hmm. Well, in, in, in this world, it, there are those, I would say the, the uh, revealing of dark forces, the forces that were probably already there amongst us. But I, I got a feeling that they have a certain boldness now and uh, it's like they've thrown off the knowledge of God completely, the ruse of maybe that. Uh, certainly, uh, I've heard in the political cycles people saying, we don't want, we're, we're done with your, your, uh, your prayers and thoughts. We need action. Prayers and thoughts don't, mm -hmm. that kind of mocking thing. And, you know, it's interesting because when, when a certain politician wants to uh, get brownie points with, with the general population, You'll hear them throw out a word like, you know, uh, you know, uh, God willing, they'll say, or, you know, mm -hmm. uh, prayers for the family of some event. But you know that that is just an opportunistic ruse to, to gaslight somebody. And they have no intention of, of trying to connect with a higher power because in their mind, the only higher power is evidently the devil who they work for. In fact, speaking of the devil... He's come up in the news, I guess, I don't know if it's Illinois. It seems like it's always something in Illinois doing this. But some school is uh, now teaching, uh, uh, had to have a, a, a Satan class. I saw that. Now, now I'm thinking, wait a minute, man. <clears throat> you, you can't have the Bible in, in a public school, but you can have the damn devil in there. And I'm going to use that word because he is damned. Yeah. <laughs> he's going down. You know, he's going down with his buddies. And I thought, I thought he was already down there, but I guess he's going back down again. You know, maybe you can straighten me out. But I'm just saying, man, what, what's... 
you know, then you have Bathamit and all them people that like, uh, if that was in Illinois too, probably Chicago, where they had this Bathamit statue and then he had a little baby who was supposed to mock Christ in, in, the, in the manger, you know. I'm thinking, man, these people are trying to project a dark world on us. So, man, I'm, I'm hoping with you that uh, when the brighter, the darker the night, the brighter the light. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting, Daniel, because you mentioned you made two points here that I think actually connect. You know, first you talked about it seems like they're getting bolder. And then you talk about this, uh, you know, Baphomet statue and the, and the course being taught at an elementary school, no less, about uh, Satan worship. And um, what what I've come to the conclusion is that Whoever these people are, Satan's proxies, human people that either worship him or they're his willing accomplices, um, they are no longer content to hide in the shadows. They have been emboldened mm -hmm. uh, to come out. And I think part of the thing that made them bold is, um, I, and, and there could be several events. It's not just one single event, but more recently, you know, we've had this so-called global pandemic. And I think it was a, a means test to determine just how uh, obedient the world would be through fear and manipulation to follow a certain line of thinking. And I think the, the entire world failed the test. And the satanic global elite, as I call them, said, oh, good, they're ready. Mm -hmm. And now we can step out of the shadows and implement the next phase with brash impunity. And I think mm -hmm. that's where we're headed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> in the Old Testament, there's a there's a story where uh, some evil king had his magicians come around, and they were going to take on God's prophet, and they were they were going to build an altar and uh, have their god burn it, and mm -hmm. then uh, yeah, the prophets know, of Baal, it was King Ahab. So they were all yeah, so they're all waiting around, calling in, you know, crying, you know how they do. <laughs> And right. then, uh, and then, and then God's prophet says, "Okay, well now we're going to build one, but now, you know, we're going to we're, we're going to put water on there. So, yep. you know, barrels of water, multiple barrels of water, completely souse this thing, and even have a yep. have a ditch around it to, for the water. So it seems to me that was like, okay, well, the darkness forces you you have boldness with your demonic uh, goals, but mm -hmm. we serve a God who who can." who's not only bigger than your God, but he's going to mock your stuff. So I think that, that, that as, as, as it gets darker, that not only are we going to see sort of like you're saying revelations, maybe, or the unlocking of secrets, maybe like where Daniel said, seal the things in the book until the time of the end, this could be where right. it's being unsealed. But I'm just <clears> thinking that there's going to be a power release to where I'm getting to the mocking point, I guess what I'm trying to say. And let me conclude with this little tidbit. And that is, Everything that the enemy is accusing, say, righteous people or God-fearing people of, they have been exposed for. I mean, their their boldness in their mocking has really just come right back around. And to me, that's almost like we're talking about revealing secrets. It's like their secrets are being revealed openly, and they should be shamed. Of course, they have no shame, but it's being revealed. So it seems like it just comes right back around to bite them in, in, the, in the Biden. Yeah, we're, we're seeing, um, to me, it's sort of like people can be deceived by manipulative politicians, and they say and tell you what they think you want to hear. 
and at, and they hide behind the guys, and sometimes they can fool, they have been fooling a lot of people for a long, long time. Now it's as though they're emboldened to just not try to hide their evil. They're just coming right out and doing it in our faces. So that, to me, the choice is now clear. And if people don't want to see the difference between good and evil now, they're just not going to see it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's almost as though as we approach this time when you're right, our God is bigger than their God, and he's about to come down and start, you know, kicking tail and taking names mm -hmm. because that's really the promise of his wrath. And if people don't make their choice and choose the side of the creator over the rebellious Lucifer, then they're going to be making a choice in the wrong direction. So in, in secrets in the Bible, by the way, uh, Scott, we have a poll on our website. I don't know if you saw it. It's related to tonight's topic. It's called Bible Secrets. And in the poll, people can select, yes, it does contain secrets. There are no secrets. We can't know the secrets. Seek and secrets are revealed or secrets re will be revealed when you get to heaven. So I'm going to give you the results right now. Right now, 66% mm -hmm. say uh, seek and the secrets will be revealed. And mm -hmm. then 25% uh, say, yes, it does have secrets. And then others say secrets will be revealed. Now, the Bible does say that though we see it in a, in a glass darkly, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be seen, we'll see things more clearly later. So are you saying as far as Bible secrets go that you're, is, is, say, if we see through a glass darkly, is, is at some point maybe the Spirit of God is like rubbing that little glass I mean, that's darkened, that's, and then there's a little clear spot and that's where you say that's where we'll pick up a secret how about that i i think that's that's pretty good uh, uh summary of that daniel you actually referred to uh, a, a verse in the book of daniel earlier and if i may it was uh, the uh, the angel gabriel saying to daniel go thy way daniel for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end mm -hmm. So if we're approaching the time of the end, it would make sense that some of the things that he wrote down that were sealed are becoming unsealed. And um, that would have to do with all of scripture since scripture interprets scripture. As we glean understanding in one thing, it leads understanding in another. Mm -hmm. You know, Paul, the apostle even said, consider what I say, and the Lord give the understanding in all things. So as we read the letters Paul wrote, over and over again, he says, as it is written, as it is written, and we can go back and get the understanding. And he wrote about the coming wrath. He wrote about the time of the end that we're not in darkness, but we're children of light. We should walk as children of light. So mm -hmm. that's what we strive to do. Mm -hmm. As you can see, we have a graphic grab from your website there. Um, <laughs> are you saying that there are forces in the world that do not want us to know what's in the good book, the, the not just the normal topical stuff that you know that's taught in Sunday school, you know Noah's mm -hmm. Ark, you know, and the furry little animals and all that, and an apple in the garden, right? Yeah. Uh, which of course is a total, complete misinterpretation. But but right. who, who who is the who are the people that don't want us to know the secrets? And to follow up that, do they know those secrets? Yeah, that's a great question. And so the, the people that don't want us to know are, are start with Lucifer himself. You know, he's called the God of this world. He's the prince of the power of the air. And when I read that passage, I think of air as in airwaves, you know, media, social media, propaganda, whatever. Um, and, and I would argue it goes all the way back to the beginning. I would say that 
uh, when God made Adam and Eve, he began to reveal his truth to man, even after man sinned and rebelled and brought sin into the world. Um, you know, Adam was shown how to offer a sacrifice. His son Abel was shown how to offer a sacrifice. Uh, Abel's brother Cain offered the wrong sacrifice in rebellion, <laughs> and he's a type of the rebellious religious works-based system, whereas Abel is a type of the person that obeys God by faith. So since Abel was killed, the next child that was born, male child to Adam and Eve, was Seth. And I, could, I would argue, and I think there's plenty of people that agree with this, that the godly lineage of teaching would have gone through the line from Seth to Noah. And as people that have listened to my podcast, Bible Ministries, probably know, we talk about the flood of Noah being a flood to destroy the wickedness of the earth, but in particular, the hybrid angel human Nephilim giants that were created by the uh, that invasion at that time. <clears throat> so... Cain, who was of the wicked one, was banished from Eden, and we would say that he probably sought that secret knowledge uh, that was holy wisdom from God, but he was away from God's presence, so he, he developed a perverted wisdom. Mm -hmm. Satan taught him things. And so you've had two lineages of, of teaching God's truth and Satan's deception over the centuries. Mm -hmm. And I would say that the secret societies have been the uh, arbiters of that dark knowledge, Luciferian teaching, mm -hmm. and the, the scriptures have always held the truth of God's wisdom and God's knowledge well, of life. You know, going, going along with this, um, the political talking heads and really the media industrial complex uh, berating people of faith. I remember something about somebody, somebody once said, some idiot once said, you know, uh, people need to give up their God and their guns uh, a while back. Um, mm -hmm. But so they claim like they're sort of this agnostic, you know, they, they believe in science. Okay. Not, not spooky mm -hmm. fairy tales, but at the same time, if we look deeper, articles will eventually come out and they have come out regarding these people in the higher realms doing weird stuff like spirit cooking and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, conjuring. And, and they, even back to Nancy Reagan, is, they said that she consulted, with, she was consulting with uh, uh, seers and sayers and wizards. And, and so, you know, and then you got other people, the, the cult of the hair sniffers, these, this whole group of people just sniff hair. So, mm -hmm. you know, they can't just say, <laughs> you know, that, that it ain't real because they're what they're trying to say is, Whatever you believe in, stop believing in it because we're over here because really what you believe in is messing us up is what it is and it, it keeps getting them irate. So they want to get back over here to spirit cooking and the hair sniffing cult. So I'm just saying they're they're just as spirituals, it seems, is, is, is that they're trying to talk us out of ours while they magnify theirs and try to tap into the dark forces that propel them with, with more money, more success and more recognition that they crave. That's right. And, and so even the person that would claim to be an atheist doesn't realize that the world is controlled by very spiritual people. The, the rich, powerful, satanic global elite are satanic. Uh, they want to be able to conduct their spirit cooking and their uh, satanic rituals. They want to indulge in their pedophilia. They want to be able to do these things. Mm -hmm. And so the atheist would be the useful idiot to them. Uh, they can use them as a pawn in the game of chess. They don't care what happens to humanity mm -hmm. as long as they accomplish what they want, which is ultimately global hegemony and power. 
uh, right now I teach and believe that there's a transfer of wealth taking place from the majority of the planet's wealth has traditionally been owned by 80% of humanity. And it's being transferred through artificial intelligence and other means like this pandemic into the hands of the 1%. And once they have enough of the, of the wealth, they will control all the property. And if they control all the property, they can deed the title of the planet Earth, which was given to man by God, to Satan, who can then come in as the Antichrist and basically rule over the nations. And that's what, that's what they're, so there's 10 kings that are going to be involved in that. And I believe it's very possible that that might be 10 oligarchs uh, of uh, corporate satanic elitists mm -hmm. that are going to eventually uh, control. I mean, these, mm -hmm. these people are rich enough to control nations. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so how big do you think this controlling group is? Say again? How big do you think this controlling group is? Oh, it's small compared to the majority of the population of the planet. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why they're called the one well, percent. Let me, but let, me you, let me let me put something to you this way. I put to a, a guest a while back. Um, the Bible says, I think in Matthew 24 says, "So as the days of Noah, so shall it be when the Son of Man cometh." Well, then of course, if you go back and look at the days of Noah, and it refers to to the giants. Uh, mm -hmm. that there were giants in the land then, men of renown, and going back to your Genesis 6 quote earlier. But mm -hmm. with, today's, with today's giants, couldn't they be the media industrial complex, your Google, Facebook, YouTube, mm -hmm. or could it in fact be these controllers you're mentioning, wouldn't these be the giants of today? That, well, it could be the giants of today if you're talking about like giants of industry, giants of corporation. But uh, it's interesting you bring up that passage in, that Christ said in Matthew 24, because as it was in the days of Noah, and he also makes a reference to the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, and both of those two events were characterized by two similarities, human interaction with angels mm -hmm. and God's divine intervention. Mm -hmm. In the days of Noah, the flood. Mm -hmm. In the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, burning with fire and brimstone. <clears throat> both pictures of the coming wrath of God. And so what Christ was trying to tell us is that in the days of the coming of the Son of Man or the end times, there's going to be human interaction again with angels in a broad way as it has been in the past. Mm -hmm. And that's when things get so bad and so wicked that God has to intervene, I guess, for lack of a better term, we would use mm -hmm. supernaturally, although to him it's natural. Mm -hmm. Well, let me let me put this weird thing out there. And I, I, I it's risky. This, what I'm gonna say is, is risky because we've been trained to be in camps on certain beliefs. And so mm -hmm. uh, I, I'll, I'll mention this to you. Uh, and, and I think you were saying, alluding to the fact somehow before Noah, that all the earth was corrupt except Noah and his family. And it mm -hmm. seems to me that the demonic forces were trying to hybridize, hybridize out the lineage of Christ so he couldn't come through any normal human. And if there wasn't a normal human, and maybe perhaps in his view, Christ could not have been born. So that tells me that's why he corrupted the entire earth. And I believe that it was a gene corruption. Is it possible that the, 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 the same player is playing the same game right now, corrupting the DNA or the genes of humans through a certain um, thing? Yes, a certain thing. I know what you mean. How do you like that? Absolutely. How do you I like that visual? Good. Yeah, I like the visual of the uh, what looks very similar to something that you might find in a medical office. <laughs> but um, I 
I believe absolutely you're right. In fact, you're making a reference to Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, which is the prophecy of the seed of the woman would bruise the head of the serpent, and he would put in between, between the, the seed of the woman and thy seed. The serpent would have a seed. That's Antichrist. So genetically speaking, uh, Christ was going to be of the seed of the woman, and he was. Uh, he was conceived of a woman, Mary. Mm -hmm. uh, but Satan thought, well, if I can corrupt the bloodline of humanity to not be fully human, I can stop the prophecy from coming to pass. And that was his whole intent when the angels were incited to leave their own habitation and take the daughters of men to wife. And the giants were born of them. So if we're talking about giants in the modern sense, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be giants as they were in the days of Noah, men of large stature like Goliath. Uh, which was much later, but you get the idea. Mm -hmm. um, it could be that they're Nephilim hybrids through genetic manipulation of another kind. Mm -hmm. I would argue, and it's just a theory, that uh, humanity in the days of Noah, our blood and genetics was so close to the original plan and far from being as diluted as it is now, uh, and weakened because mutations make things worse. Mm -hmm. uh, I would argue that they had the, the ability to conceive by a son of God or an angel, a fallen angel, and have a child that would grow to be a giant. Today, I'm not so sure that we have the genetic capacity for that through a natural intercourse, as it were, between an angel and a human. But what if all these UFO abductions and things were the genetic experiments to try to create some form of a manipulation that could be uh, given through a pill or through an injection or through some sort of an external mark mm -hmm. yeah. or whatever yeah, that would cause human beings to become Nephilim. Yeah, there's, 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 there's a company, I think it's Sweden or Norway, one of them basket case liberal countries. They're, they're beginning to microchip people. And yep. that was kind of prophesied. Yeah. It was kind of talked about years ago. They said in the RFID chip, of course, once again, that was Everyone said that was conspiracy theories and this and that. Mm -hmm. So really, conspiracy theories is just something that is, 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 isn't happening. They don't want you to know about. So I label it as a conspiracy theory because it's rolling up down a couple of years down the road. <laughs> usually, right. usually, it, it, you know, most of those come true. All right, we got we got a few questions in here for you already here, Scott, um, from uh, from the people watching the show. Does Satan have his own radio station broadcasting a frequency that irritates humans? Oh, that's a great question. You know, there there must be something to frequencies. Like we talked earlier about, he's the prince of the power of the air. And in the air are radio waves. And that's the frequency, right? Wi-Fi is a frequency. 5G is a frequency. Uh, the earth vibrates with a 60-cycle hum, uh, you know, ground, if you will. So there's, there's certainly going to be something to vibrations and frequencies. Does he have his own radio station? Um, I, I guess, uh, yeah, CNN. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow, okay. I mean, I honestly don't know that he has any particular, you know, frequency or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, a, a radio station, but yeah. I think he controls all of the airwaves, and don't mm -hmm. be fooled by the so-called conservative stations. They, yeah. too are under his demise. I, I think, I think there's, yeah, there's, there's some of that going on too as well. Max Vogan says, Scott, do you believe aliens will arrive openly for the world to see? That's a great question too, Max. And, and, you know, there's a couple ways of looking at this. Um, we're still not 100% sure who the aliens are. 
are they fallen angels masquerading as extraterrestrials? Because by definition, angels are extraterrestrial, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, or are there actually created beings outside of humanity from other planets that are also part of a satanic rebellion and Satan's using them? Uh, I know an author who's written a great book that con uh, conjectures that there are actually um, extraterrestrial races of sentient beings who are just as limited in their ability. In other words, if they were, if they had superior technology, which it appears they do in the UFOs and things like that, uh, then why haven't they just come in and taken over the planet or wiped out humanity or whatever? Mm -hmm. Well, because they're bound by the same restriction that God placed on the earth when he said, the earth hath he given to the children of men in Psalm 115. So um, if at some point there's going to be the thing that's holding them back, and I believe it's probably the church, the true church of Christ, the, the body of Christ in the world today. And when we leave this planet in the event that a lot of Christians call the rapture, and I realize a lot of people don't believe in that, but that's neither here nor there. I believe in it. And I believe we're delivered from the wrath to come. And when we leave this planet, we were the thing holding back the revealing of the antichrist. The Bible makes that clear. So if, when we go, it also holds back the barrier to invasion. What if just for the sake of argument, these superior intellect ETs invade or attack or do something. And Lucifer himself and his fallen angels come down like Asgardians in the Marvel series, right, 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 and right. they protect us and say, we're here to deliver you and free you. We defeated your enemy. And now if you'll follow us and take this mark, you'll be like us and you can evolve into the next level. Mm. There's any number of deceptions they could bring on the world because the whole world is going to turn to worship. Mm. Okay, well, let's just look at a couple things here. I'm going to jump out of the picture here. They're, they're watching me and you on screen right now, but now I'm just going to show something right here. Uh, this, in, uh, in, the, in the Bible, there's numbers of scriptures that talk about secrets. This one here, mm -hmm. for instance, uh, Amos 3, 7, Surely God will do nothing, but he reveals his secrets to his service of prophets. Now, whether or not we have prophets now, I mean, some people say there's a prophet office, but, but, if it, but what it, the main thing I'm getting here is he has secrets. Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but unto those those things are which are revealed unto us, which is awesome. And then we have Ecclesiastes 12, 14, God shall bring every work into judgment and every secret thing. Now, that's more of a judgment thing, but then again, back to secrets. And then mm -hmm. Luke 8, uh, 8 uh, 17, for nothing that is a secret shall not be made manifest. Actually, I was talking about this earlier, the, the things that were done in secret by the certain forces uh, and in this one here, this is interesting, too, because this has to do really even with what you do. And that's it's the glory of God to conceal a thing. And that would be a thing would be a secret. If it's concealed, it's a secret. But the honor of kings mm -hmm. to search out a matter. So clearly there are secrets. And God says that he has secrets. And then Amen. you've got this whole situation unlocking the Bible secrets. And can you tell us what one of them just right off the bat, a, a secret that you've discovered? Well, one of the greatest secrets I've discovered was uh, to understand what was meant in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter one. And people have heard the expression, you know, there's no new thing under the sun, but it, it's to understand it in its context. I'll read the whole thing. It says um, in verse nine, the thing that hath been, it is that which shall be. 
and that which is done is that which shall be done, and there is no new thing under the sun. Is there anything whereof it may be said, see, this is new, it hath been already of old time, which was before us. In, in a very real sense, that's God saying, you, if you want to learn what's coming, study history. And so typology is one of the secrets that I began to, for the longest time, rejected it as, ah, that's just a bunch of people talking, you know. Mm -hmm. But when I began to see the types in the Bible, I began to understand it went far deeper than that. Like a lot of us might have grown up and those who did grow up and go to church and maybe Sunday school might have learned things like David the king was sort of a type of Christ. Moses was a type of Christ, you know, maybe perhaps Pharaoh or Nebuchadnezzar were types of the Antichrist or whatever. And we just stopped there. We, oh, yeah, okay, I can see because David was a man after God's own heart and he was the king. Moses gave the law. Christ gave the Sermon on the Mount. You could see types that way. But what about events that happened like the flood of Noah and Christ saying, as it was in those days, so will it be? It's like everything that has happened in the past is going to happen again. And it's a picture and a type. The plagues of Egypt, when Moses was used by God to bring them on the land of Egypt, are the same plagues that are going to happen in the time of the book of Revelation. And so types in the Bible go far broader and deeper than I ever realized until I began to see that. Mm -hmm. And that's that's one of the secrets that helps me understand. Uh, do you believe in uh, the... Um... I don't know what the official name is, but it's more or less a numerology, the uh, indexing of numbers corresponding with chapters, uh, hidden messages in the Bible, you know, taking the, you know, the first letter every 25 sentences or 25 words, you know, equally mm -hmm. spaced letters that come up with words that describe events that happen. Are you aware of that? Yeah, I think I'm probably mispronouncing it, but I think it's the study of the gematria or something. Um, but um, I, I definitely believe, well, God's a mathematician because he created math, mathematics. And so numbers are significant. And I believe, you know, greater men than myself, like uh, far greater men than myself, like Bullinger, who wrote um, numbers in the Bible and things like that, where, um, you know, one is unity, two is division. Three is spiritual or divine perfection. Four relates to the earth. Six is the number of man. Seven is the number of, uh, of ordinal completion mm -hmm. and things like that. And, and you can see it represented in nature too. Seven notes of a musical scale, seven days of the week, uh, seven colors of the rainbow. Everything comes back around. So I do believe that the study of numbers is significant. Now, mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a point at which I think you can take it beyond my understanding and it gets into almost a mystical esoterical cabalistic approach and i would probably stop and not go that far with it yeah i think some of you describe it as the bible code and there have been some very interesting revelations that come out of people's study of the bible code and uh, i understand it goes through the book it not only just equally spaced letters but also uh through the bible i mean it's 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 some interesting stuff but the, the Bible, many times, for instance, when, when the structures were given to build a temple, was very specific, 20 mm -hmm. cubits, 10 cubits, this and that, the, the, the cubits for the, the ark. And so is it, uh, I think there's another thing that is out of the Bible, I think it's called the, I don't know if it's called the golden number, something with golden something, but it has to do with a certain set of numbers as well. 
Is it possible that we could uncover the meaning of those if we were to build a structure that some supernatural event could happen if we used the numbers that the Bible had expressed for the building of certain things? You know, that's a that's a great question. So, for example, if you talk about the specific dimensions given to build the temple and upon the completion of the temple, you know, God's glory did come in and uh, rest between the cherubims of the ark and the holy place and things like that. Uh, is it possible that if we were to, um, you know, find that magic number and dimension or whatever and create a, a building, would it do the same thing? I, I don't think that it would unless God sanctioned it. So mm -hmm. since he specifically sanctioned the building of the tabernacle and the temple when he did and his glory uh, filled the uh, holy place, then I, I would think, yes, the numbers are significant to that particular structure. But if man just stumbled upon some combination of the numbers and said, ah, like, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark and finding the, the law and opening it and all of a sudden the, the guy incants something in Hebrew and the spirits come out and melt people's faces. Mm -hmm. I'm not so sure we can do that. Mm -hmm. you, know? you know, talk, talk about biblical revelations and understanding and, and the timing of understanding. It's come to my understanding that I've heard multiple people say that when you read the Bible, you, and I, you know, so many people say, well, I don't understand it. Well, it, it could be that the time for them to understand what they were reading was not when they were reading it, that the right. revelation of that may have been for later. Now, uh, kind of an instance on that is, you know, I've read through the Bible several times in my life and reading through it again, and all of a sudden, and you mentioned this a little bit earlier about uh, Sodom, and I never read before, but I don't know how many times I read in the Old Testament, it says, it says, and they destroyed the Sodoms out of the town, or they removed the Sodomites out of the town, and the Sodomites were back. I mean, I, I don't know how many other times I read that. I'm thinking, well, I never read that before. I never, because I was thinking, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah, and then, of course, in the New Testament, where it says, you know, man with man doing that which isn't seemingly receiving in himself the just repentance of, of his reward, doing the things he ought not. But then I saw all, I mean, how many towns had sodomites running around, and I'm thinking, well, man, we got a country full of sodomites. I mean, now somebody can say well, that's an evil word. No, that's a this is a Bible word. I'm not like mocking somebody. I'm just saying mm -hmm. that's a word and of an act. But I, I suppose. But there, there's way more in the Old Testament than I ever thought there was. But so so I guess maybe because you know it's been forced, it's been pushed in my face, everybody's face, uh, all the time, and that. I guess maybe 10 years or 15 years ago when I read it at that time, I didn't, that's not something I saw, but now it's just like everywhere. Throwing that out and, there. And, and what was, what was your question about that, Daniel? I'm sorry. Nah, I didn't have a question. I just, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying how that, uh, it seems like I, I have read it, but it didn't, I didn't internalize it. I didn't see that oh, when I first read that's it. That's what it was. You <laughs> didn't get the understanding right, until right. later. And, and now because of the relevance of the culture today, it is quite relevant. And it seems like that was a, a persistent problem back then. And they, they dealt with it back then. Of course, now our, our culture embraces it. It's quite the opposite as, you know, calling evil good and evil, good evil. But well, I, I might make the point for you too, that you might want to look at the word and the, and the events of Sodom from another perspective as well, which is that, um, remember I told you that uh, in Matthew 24, Christ had said um, that as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the son of man. 
Luke is the same uh, account of, of, of a similar thing, and he also brings up Sodom and Gomorrah, and it's going to be like Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, one of the things that they had in common was that uh, Sodom wasn't, they were wicked sinners before the Lord, no doubt about that, but there was something more significant than just what we usually associate with the word Sodom. And that is, according to the book of um, Jude, chapter 1, verse 7, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth. And he mentions them in connection to Noah and the angels that sinned. So what the men of Sodom were, were doing, remember the angels came into them uh, to get Sodom and his, uh, rather to get Lot and his wife and children out. And the men of Sodom wanted to, to know the angels. Mm -hmm. There was something about wanting to have relations with angels that was involved. That's the strange flesh part of it. It was far more evil and sinister than most people realize. Mm -hmm. It was trying to go back to that time of Genesis 6 that was forbidden by the Lord and the reason why he completely wiped out the planet. Because if it was just a matter of the modern day approach to the word Sodom or sodomy, why didn't many cities get destroyed by fire? Mm -hmm. Because it's certainly not like that was the only city that they were doing that in. And we, we talked about giants here just a, just a few minutes ago. It seems that I have uh, came across some information where it said that the giants were basically sodomites as well. I, I, I don't know. All right, let's get to some more questions for you. I'm not sure about that, but that's an interesting uh, perspective. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, me mechanically wise, I mean, I don't know that an earth woman could, could handle that, but, you know, maybe another. Yeah, um, interesting. Yeah. Or were there female giants? Yeah, there you go. All right, mm -hmm. uh, a, a question for you. says, Scott, are demons being limited to the earth now? Yes, they are limited to the earth in the sense of they don't have access to heaven like, say, angels do. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the belief in my teaching is that demons or devils are literally the disembodied spirits of those very giants, those Nephilim hybrids that we talked about that were destroyed in the flood. Mm -hmm. And so they wander about seeking a body, and hence in the days of Jesus, men that were possessed of a devil, mm -hmm. uh, and he cast them out. Um, and in one case, cast out a legion of devils into a herd of swine, right? Uh -huh. um, that was because they're disembodied spirits, and that's where they came from, evidently. And that ties a lot into an apocryphal book called the Book of Enoch, but it, which is not scripture, but it's historically mm -hmm. significant. Yeah. Um, this from Smoke Seattle live chat says, uh, could mistaken, mistaken translations and lost or hidden chapters prevent us from ever getting the whole truth? Well, that certainly could happen, and it does happen, mistaken translations and, and uh, but I know that God said that he would preserve his word forever. Uh, and there's the, let me see if I can find the scripture for that. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Um, this is one I used to know. Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot, and it should be in Psalm 12, 7. Uh, actually, we'll start in um, 12, 6. The words of the Lord are pure words, 
as silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times, seven completion. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. So that means if God didn't preserve his word somewhere completely and intact for us, then he lied. And it's not possible for God to lie. So it's not to say that there can't be gleaned truth from discoveries and things like that, because we do just as archaeologists discover things and we can learn things and whatever. Mm -hmm. But I do believe that we have the, the complete word of God to use and to study and to come to the understanding that God wants us to have. Uh, un unlocking the secrets of the Bible. Is it mm -hmm. possible that, say, somebody who would read the Bible <clears throat> casually um, would say, there's no secrets. I mean, there it is. It's just written there. But somebody, mm -hmm. now, did we uh, we showed that scripture earlier. It says it's a matter of kings to search out a matter. It sounds to me like your whole channel is, to, is about searching out the matters, which would unlock the secrets. So isn't it possible that if a, a casual reading, you won't get the deeper secrets of the Bible? Absolutely. Uh, the, the things of the Bible and the real secret, the real truth, and the real key to unlocking Scripture is that a person would have to have the spirit God gives to understand it. He's not, you know, the very reason Jesus began to speak in parables in Matthew chapter 13 is because unbelievers accused him of casting out devils by the devil in chapter 12. And that's where he first brought up the thing about blasphemy not being forgiven. And from that point forward in chapter 13, he spoke in parables. And after speaking the first parable of the sower and the seeds, the disciples asked him, why are you speaking in parables? And that's when he said, unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given to know. So the kingdom of heaven teaching went into mystery form after men refused to believe on the signs they gave. So even as it is today, he writes, uh, as it is written in 1 Corinthians 5, uh, 1 Corinthians, excuse me, chapter 2, as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. A man can read the Bible and not have the Spirit of God, and he will never get the things, the deep spiritual things of God. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't make a person greater than anyone else because they've got the Spirit of God. It just means they're saved, they have a relationship with the Lord, and he can now teach them. There's this, uh, I don't know if it's a, a Bible thing, what kind of cult thing, but there's something going around called the secret. And I don't know if that had to do, do you, do you recall that? Maybe about 10 years ago, something called The Secret, and everybody was, maybe it was a book. Anybody in the live chat know about that, what I'm talking about? I think it was called The Secret. So I, I don't remember if it was just a book, or it was a, a, a what somebody might have said, a revelation from the Bible. You know, there's a secret, and we're going to tell you what it is. Hmm. But, but, but being the fact that there are secrets in the Bible, going all the way back to Adam and Eve, when the, when the devil said, thou shalt not surely die, seemed mm -hmm. to me that, that he, he couldn't stop the truth, so he tried to pervert it. He tried to change the secret. The secret for eternal life was for them to obey God, but he yeah. took the secret and turned <clears throat> it around and, and got, us, got us to 120 years, man, and we, now we've got now, now we to go to work. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the, the truth was if you know, man was given dominion of the earth, Adam was a king, and had he obeyed the Lord, he would have been able to eat from the tree of life and live forever because his body was designed to live forever. Mm -hmm. We're ultimately going to get back to that when the Lord comes back and all things are fulfilled. Mm -hmm. But what was introduced into the human genome was sin. Mm -hmm. 
And Satan lied by perverting the word of God. He said, yea, hath God said, and he altered God's word. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to note that what he offered them was, you'll be like gods, knowing good and evil, which means Adam and Eve could have seen, evidently, the fallen angels, or any angels for that matter, and known that they were the gods that the serpent was referring to, mm -hmm. and that they were higher than men. But it was man that was made in the image of God and given dominion of the earth. So Satan used that to deceive us. Mm -hmm. so and hence the so, battle has been taking place ever since. So are you saying that the, the, the corruption of the word is what really shortened their life? No, the corruption of, of God's word was what deceived Eve into taking the fruit of the knowledge, uh, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right. and brought sin into the world and death by sin. Death is is what was not supposed to be a part of the human experience. Now, keep in mind, Adam lived 930 years, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so the 120 years came much later. And incidentally, just for whatever it's worth, I don't believe that number 120 was the number that was the maximum age of years a person would live. Mm -hmm. It was 120 years from the time Noah began to build the ark until the flood. Do you think the secret to longer life is in the Bible? Absolutely. It's through Jesus Christ, so you'll have access to the tree of life. Would that turn Because up? first you're going to need redemption and forgiveness of sins in order to have eternal life through him. Mm -hmm. And then those that overcome, he says, will partake and eat of the tree of life. And that would be the thing that, that will, will eat and live forever. Because according to Genesis 3, they had to run Adam out of the garden, so he yeah. wouldn't take and eat and live forever in a sinful well, life. Well, that, then that is, that's eternal life, but I'm talking about earthly life. Earthly life? You, oh, are you asking, is there a secret to long life in the Bible for Longer sinful life, human yeah. beings? Yes. I, I don't think so. I mean, whoa, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. What about the fifth commandment? Honor your father and your mother? That's the first commandment with promises, and it promises a longer life. It may be well with you and you'll live long on the earth, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be 120 years or something. Well, I didn't say a year specification. So, I mean, when I yeah. said is, can live a longer life, that could be a week. That could be a year. Could be 15 mm. years that was added to somebody's life in the Old Testament, as you're well aware. Mm. Um, so, but it, right there, is a, to me, that was a secret because, the you know, the world doesn't know the fifth commandment and so they don't do the fifth commandment. You look at our culture, they don't do the fifth commandment. So would it be yeah. that those that do the fifth commandment, would, wouldn't they have a longer earthly life? Because it promises that. And that's just, that's just one scripture. There's, there's others yeah. that say, well, but do this. Wait, 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 wait. There's, there's other scripture that says, do this that your days may be longer. That's, I know that scripture's in the Bible somewhere too. All right, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, could we prove and honestly show that if every person honored their father and their mother, they lived long lives, you know, because a person that honored their father and their mother could die young, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So the promise has to do with something, and it's probably more of a type and a foreshadow than anything. Mm -hmm. And and I don't know about it, it being a secret since it's very clearly written, just okay. like you said. Right. If you do this, then here's the promise. Mm -hmm. So it may be it may be hidden truth from the world that doesn't it, believe it. It, it, yeah. it could be an open secret. And many there's many yeah. scriptures that says if you do thus and thus it shall be well with thee. Certainly that indicates me health. I mean the Bible clearly says that a, a, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Well, what does a medicine yeah. do? It prolongs your life. 
So that would yeah. be a secret. So these these could be open secrets that are plainly written, but to the, to the to the carnal eyes and to the ungodly, they can't see that. So I'm just qualifying yep. those as, as secrets that we already are enjoying right now, that it promises are already given to us that we can have now and in the life to come. Yeah, I, I agree that, you know, there are things people can do and extend their lives. Uh, obviously, we're talking about health, health reasons and whatnot. And um, when you think about it today with technology, um, we live longer than we did for quite some time. Uh, obviously not if we go back yeah, to, there's also, to Abraham. Yeah, now that's health. We're talking about health, but there's also wealth. Because the Bible mm -hmm. clearly says that uh, good measure pressed down, shaken together, shall men give unto your bosom. So right there, mm -hmm. I mean, and, and many times the whole Old Testament is filled with wealth being transferred from the ungodly mm -hmm. to the godly. And then the godly starts worshiping idols and then the ungodly comes and takes it back and then the, the godly repents and then they go and take it back and so there's wealth transfer there too as well so I, well I'm not I'm not uh, Ken, I'm not going Kenneth Copeland on you because I got some problems with him a little yeah, bit prosperity gospel I got a little problem there but that doesn't negate what I've read and what I believe and it's clearly written these hope and promises and you know as the world seeks Wall Street or somewhere for their wealth, wouldn't a secret be for a Christian to simply be obedient to God and watch his blessings pour into your life as he promised? That's a secret. I, I guess my perspective is more that I'm not particularly interested in, and I, I don't say this to be critical of anybody, not even right. a Kenneth Copeland, which I would disagree with too, by the way. So you and I are on the same page about this, Daniel. But I, I, my focus is not on heaping up earthly treasures in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. It's on heaping up heavenly treasure, and that's where we're supposed to set our affection. Mm -hmm. So I would say, for example, one of, one of the things I'm concerned about is men are seeking eternal life and wealth without God, and that's the AI-type thing. That's the satanic mm -hmm. oligarchs. That's all mm -hmm. that they're doing is trying to find a way to live forever through some sort of scientific or technology or whatever they do. And I think that's what they're playing with right now. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to confuse those two because mm -hmm. the, the only eternal life that I know of is going to come through Jesus Christ, which you and I would definitely agree on. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> right. And I would say that uh, let's just say somebody – would say take financial advice or read a stupid book like the Seeker or something or this other one about um, how to attract friends. There's some kind of law of attraction. These kinds mm -hmm. of secular things which are presented to the viewer, the purchaser, the consumer as secrets. Mm -hmm. They're presented as secrets. Here, the book, the secret mm -hmm. to life is here. The secret to love is over here. Uh, but wouldn't we say that the secret, because we're talking about secrets, the secret to longer life and the blessings of God are in the book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that they are. But like I said, my, my focus is not, and my particular ministry is not to help people live longer lives, healthier lives, better lives. All of that is a good thing to pursue. It's just not where I am. Oh, okay. I'm trying to show so, people. Okay, okay, you know, okay. That so you're, you're we gonna, want to reign as kings with the Lord right. in the new heaven and the new earth. You, you can leave leave that to me, and I can be on your show. <laughs> there you go. That would be good because I need some experts that are good in that area. <laughs> All right. All right. Here, let's get some more questions here, and um, they're kind of piling up a little bit here. Oh, also join us in the live chat. Let me go ahead and give a shout out because I always do that as people join. Uh, 
Felix, uh, Diaz Shant, Jane Meadows, Teflon Coat, Robert Griffin, Azure, uh, Eleanor Rector, Lizzie for Freedom, Kingfisher, Tammy Hall, all welcome to the Edge broadcast. We're talking to Scott Mitchell tonight about secrets in the Bible. And we have this question here from Rose. It says, Scott, what do you think about the Great Reset created by the World Economic Forum? Is it part of the end times as the Bible speaks of? I absolutely do. And it's just funny, Rose, you should mention that because my next two episodes, uh, number 71 and 72, coming out this Monday and the following Monday are on Agenda 2030, the Great Reset. Mm. And I do absolutely, I'm going to talk about that at length there, but I do believe that it is part of and probably going to be tying into the end times very, very closely. All right. Give me a a secret that you found out about defeating this new world order. Have you... (laughs) Just throwing it out well, there. Have you found a secret for that? Because we are talking about secrets in the Bible, unlocking <clears throat> the Bible. Yeah, I don't believe we're going to defeat it. Now, it it's obviously we could be wrong about the timing of things because there's been any number of generations that felt like they were in the last days and they were wrong. And if it turns out I'm wrong and many of us are wrong about this, it just means we're wrong, not the Bible, right? So, uh, but we we are starting to think that with the way things are happening globally that it's a it's letting us know that we may be approaching the time of the ends mm-hmm. now if it turns out somehow there's a great revival or a turning around or a taking back or a patriotic movement or something that happens to stop the great reset and to stop what's coming well praise the lord that just means there's more time for us mm-hmm. to preach and proclaim the truth yeah. of christ but if we are approaching the time of the end, then it's it's the reason I'm making the push that I'm making to try to get people to see mm-hmm. the truth of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think we're going to defeat what the Bible has already laid out is going to happen. Mm-hmm. There is going to be a falling away. There is going to be the revealing of the man of sin. Mm-hmm. There are going to be 10 kings that are going to turn their power to the beast. Mm-hmm. He is going to rise up to say he's God. The world is going to worship him, and many will take his mark. Yeah. And then the Lord is going to come back and ultimately destroy him. So that's going to happen. We're not going to stop that. So the defeat has already been take, taken place, and we know who the victor is. It's yeah. Christ. Just, just followed by one suggestion that there are secrets in the Bible have eternal uh, earthly lives. Certainly there's an eternal afterlife, but it's clear to me that there are secrets in the Bible that can bring you longer life and health in this life as well as, because Paul said, I would that your soul prosperous, even as your, uh, you know, your worldly goods prosper, even as your spirit prosperous. So almost, but for, 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 for many, those remain secrets to them say the casual observer, the casual reader, or someone who doesn't read at all but has a Bible and considers that they're an expert, they don't have any secrets. So let me ask you something. We were talking about, and I mentioned earlier about uh, how that culturally things look different to me now that I'm rereading the Bible because the current cultural events, for instance, the Mark of the Beast is more clear now. Uh, the the uh, the uh, the changing of the DNA, the attempted changing through various methods, trying to they're trying to do something to alter humans into some transhuman uh, dystopian future, uh, yeah. all being controlled by AI, as you mentioned. So, is mm-hmm. it fair? Should, should those casual the secrets? Let's just say I had a secret, and the secret was um, uh, that uh, uh, I kept. I say I just kept the Sabbath. I just just pointed out. Say I, I kept the Sabbath, and therefore. People say, well, you seem, every time you uh, uh, 
buy something, you get a deal. I mean, there's some favor. You get some favor. How come you keep getting these favors? You say, you got a favor here, favor there. Because I'm applying some kind of thing that I've got in the Bible, which would be a secret that that I'm using. Can that secret knowledge be passed to somebody who doesn't really believe in God? Can that can that benefit them? Or is that secret so always, other words, or is that secret always going to be cloudy in their mind and they're never able to receive it? Yeah. In other words, if we took your example, if a person was somehow being prosperous or, or things were working out for them because they kept the Sabbath and they were a believer, but another person was shown that secret, quote unquote, and they were an unbeliever, but they were keeping the Sabbath. I don't know how you would do that if you were an unbeliever, mm -hmm. but they were keeping the Sabbath. Could they also gain that same benefit? And I, I guess the answer would have to be no, uh, because, you know, it, God's God knows the heart and he searches the hearts and he honors faith. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, good good point there. Um, Doreen asks, says, uh, do you believe in the rapture? I think you kind of touched on that. You do? I absolutely do. The okay. Bible says we've been delivered from the wrath to come. And the whole point of the rapture is to remove the church, the saints that have already received their atonement in Christ, from the coming wrath. There's going to be people that will get saved during the time of wrath, particularly Israel and their national salvation program will be reinstated at that time. And there's going to be a group that God will, will protect in there as well in the wilderness. But there's also going to be people persecuted. One of the things people need to understand is there's a difference between the coming great tribulation and tribulation in general. Paul said in the first century, we must through much tribulation enter in the kingdom of God. There has never been an age of the church where there has not been tribulation. We might leave, live in relative ease and safety in America now, although we're starting to see things change, I think, and, and you know, coming more in the future. But um, that doesn't mean that there hasn't always been tribulation and persecution, mm -hmm. uh, especially if you go into other countries where so, Islam right, is. I was going to say, so you have Christians around the world that have been hunted, hunted down and, and butchered. Uh, for them, they they would like to believe in a rapture, but they're not getting a rapture. So why would it? Why why is it more inclined for Americans to believe that we get the rapture? When really, if you're being chased and hunted down, you're going to be living by way more faith than the average Christian in America ever did. The, the persecution of believers throughout the centuries has not been God's wrath. That's been the attack of Satan on the people of God, which has never stopped. It was that way for Israel. It's that way today. The wrath of God that's coming, Daniel, is God's wrath upon the earth. And so he's going to take his ambassadors out before the wrath falls. Mm -hmm. We're being persecuted now, maybe not as intensely as it was in the first or second or third century, but Christians have always been persecuted. We are always in tribulation, but the wrath of God, that's another story. Why would we be the recipients of God's wrath? He's pouring his wrath out on the ungodly and on the wicked, mm -hmm. and therefore he's taking us out of the way. Mm. All righty. Let's get some more questions here. Um, this is from Peter from Australia. What was it that Christ wrote in the sand when those around him wanted to stone that woman? Good question right there. I wish I knew. Well, it's a uh, secret, and we're talking about Bible yeah. secrets, Scott. You're supposed to know. I'm supposed to know, but I don't know. I don't know all the secrets. <laughs> I, I wonder sometimes if he didn't write the very commandment they were accusing the woman of committing adultery. 
Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he is the word of God. He could have written anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I wonder if he wrote that or did he write a psalm such as I will have mercy and not sacrifice. When you, you know, talk he about around and he showed mercy to the woman. Yeah, and that's good because if, 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 if it uh, went for God's grace, we'd all be destroyed for sure. Um, looking at your your uh, your YouTube channel, it looks like you talk about a lot of uh, mysteries, so to speak. Here, I see the Bermuda Triangle, uh, the Star of Christ. It's pretty interesting stuff here. Peace on Earth, and you have a co-host named uh, Zena, right? Zena, yeah, and. Uh, the mystery of the wise man. So you have these things. So uh, uh, these are, are these things Bible studies, or do you feel like you actually, you know, humbly have been have been the recipient of some divine revelation that scholars throughout history, Bible scholars, have not found out? Is or, or are you more just really just kind of expounding on the Bible, trying to clarify it for the the layman, or do you feel like maybe one or two or three or however many that you've got some sort of divine information that unlocks something that the average person could never read. Well, I don't believe in all that I have any special divine anointing to, to have knowledge or secret wisdom. Some people might claim that, that that's the case, but I don't believe it's true. Uh, I believe God's given me a gift of, of teaching and I have ability to communicate. Um, and I do believe God gave me the wisdom and the understanding that I might have, but I think that's constantly growing. I don't think I reached some pinnacle, as it were, and, and now I know all things. Uh, I have changed what I've taught over the years because I found that I, if I found I was teaching something in error, I would correct it. And I humbly submit that whenever I see I'm teaching error, I will go back and correct it. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's a matter of what God puts in the heart of an individual is desire the desire to serve him in some form or fashion. And everybody has different gifts and abilities. So my ability is the, is the ability to guide people, explain things. And as I say in my podcast, I don't believe I can teach anyone. The spirit of God is the teacher. Mm-hmm. I just guide them through the scriptures and try to help them see the conclusions. And some people might see it and believe it and others won't. Uh, and if they see it and they believe it, it's because God revealed it to them, not because of anything I did. Mm. All right, let's get to this question here. Um, did the Bible get changed due to the Mandela effect, or is it just a magic trick? I don't think either is true. I don't think the Bible was changed due to a Mandela effect, and I don't think it's a magic trick. I think the Bible is the Word of God. I don't think it was changed in any way, shape, or form. You know, the world existed for 2,500 years without a written record of the Word of God, and yet the, the truth of God was written in the stars. You know, the, Psalm 19 says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament show up this handiwork. And the series I've been doing that I post on YouTube called the, uh, the Heavens Declare is all about that. And by the way, I didn't come some some secret revelation about that. That's a book that was written by Ethelbert mm. Bullinger in The Witness of the oh, Stars. You, you, should, you should have claimed that. Nobody would ever know. Yeah, well, no, I would never do that. It would be disingenuous. Okay. <laughs> but, um, but we reveal it because, and and it's I take and, and use some of his, his writing, especially because he looked up the names of stars and things like that that I don't have the skill and the ability to do. Uh, but I'll take my knowledge of the scripture and apply it as well. Mm-hmm. So we we try to show these things 
to show that long before there was a written record, there were things written in the stars, and God's word even verifies and uh, justifies what was written in the stars. Mm -hmm. So it's a perfect book. It really is. Men criticize it. And if it wasn't so good, it wouldn't have been attacked and maligned for centuries. Mm -hmm. So you don't believe that anything in the Bible has been changed? Uh, as far as altered from God's truth originally to something that's not true? Right. No, because God said he'd preserve his word. Uh, there's been changes, there's been corrections, there's been all kinds of things. I'm not saying that men haven't, uh, like printing errors and things like that, but what men wrote down by the Spirit of God was accurate. And if God can inspire men to write his word, he can preserve it through copies over the centuries to where today we can have his written record perfectly preserved. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. Uh, question says, what is, you might have to get the Bible out on this one here, but it says, what is the meaning of the 153 fish miraculously caught in Simon Peter's net in John 21, 11? Is there some symbolic meaning behind the number 153? Uh, that's a good question. I've never looked at the number 153. He said it was John what, 11? Uh, yeah, look that up. 20, John 21, 11. I didn't know so this was after this was after the resurrection, right? And uh, 150 and three, yeah, interesting, interesting number. Um, yeah, you, yeah, you I, you that's what I'll have to study out because there there would be a reason why the number was given. Yeah, do you, do you have a Bible handy there? Or you may look it up. No, I've got it right here. I'm reading it. If okay. you want me to, does it say 153? Yes, Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, and 153, oh, yeah. and for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Mm -hmm. And Jesus saith unto them, come and dine. I know that he mentioned, come with me when he first met them, and he said, I'll make you fishers of men. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And fish in the Bible can be types of humanity, the sea of humanity. Mm -hmm. And he gave a parable about the, the angels gathering uh, the good and the bad and casting the good, the good see fish or the bad fish. I love that question because that goes back to, well, uh, if you were to ask me how many fish did Peter catch, and, and I would say the Bible didn't say, and I certainly would have remembered 153, but I don't. So I'm just saying, you know, maybe, maybe you know, maybe one reason. But then you have other numbers like 666, uh, 144,000. So <clears throat> yeah. it goes back to kind of... Numbers are significant. There's a reason for it. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's get to this question here. Um from Azure says, Scott, do you think uh, God communicates with us primarily through math, our appointed author? Hmm. I'm not quite sure I follow the question. I didn't understand the second I, part, I, but how I, about the math? Does God speak through us through numbers or math? I, I think he speaks through his word, and the math is in his word, just like we were talking about earlier about numbers in the Bible. So, and, and I think that numbers can add up. For example, let me throw some numbers to you. And I, and I talk about this. And I was actually on Coast to Coast with George Norrie uh, two nights ago. And we discussed this as well. Um, so the Bible says in Second Peter that a day with the Lord is as a thousand years. And a thousand years is one day. Mm -hmm. So I take that as a prophetic formula. Uh, it, it could mean many things. And it's certainly... A representation of God uh, is not bound by time in the way we are. But you can apply that as a formula in any number of ways. And one of the ways I apply it is this. In the Old Testament, in the book of Hosea, chapter 5, verse 15, 
the Lord speaking to Israel at, says, I will go and return to my place till they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. In their affliction, they will seek me early. And that is fulfilled in the rejection of Christ as Messiah by the nation Israel and his crucifixion, burial, and resurrection. He is sent back up to the Father. So I believe that was the fulfillment of that. And that took place in the year AD 33. That's when Jesus Christ was crucified. Mm -hmm. The very next chapter and verse of Hosea says, and it's like the answer of Israel, come and let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn and he will heal us. He hath smitten and he will bind us up. After two days will he revive us. And the third day he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. Now, if I apply the formula of a thousand years as a day, two days would be 2,000 years. They turned back to the Lord after he returned to his place. He returned to his place in AD 33. So is it possible that the Lord is going to come back in 2033? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We don't know that. We're just speculating. Um, but applying the formula is kind of an interesting thing, which would place the Great Reset and Agenda 2030 right three years before the Lord comes back and perhaps the middle of the seven years or the 70th week of Daniel. Mm -hmm. So it's just interesting to think. Hey, about. I got a quick question for you, kind of maybe off topic a little bit. Uh, there's a scripture that goes something like, uh, "No man uh, puts new wine in, um, in old, old bottles. Old what? Old what? Old bottles. Old bottles? Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I, I thought it was wine skins. Well, the bottles are wine skins. We think of a bottle as a glass, but they didn't have glass back then, and yet they were still called bottles. Mm. I I don't know. I always remember reading wine or wine skin because I always thought I always imagined is that like from from leather or from an animal's bladder or, or so I always remember the word wine skin. Did, did did my mind just replace bottles with wine skin? I'm not. I, I really sure. don't know how I got that because I don't even I don't even know what I, I only know about a wine skin because I thought I read it, but I guess I did. Maybe I made it up my own mind. It might have been a newer version of the Bible, but in the King James Bible, the verse says, neither do, put, do men put new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break and the wine runneth out. And the so bottles some kind of perish. other version said wineskins? There might be, yeah. yeah. And, and I, it, I, I couldn't tell you right offhand, but okay. it's probably where the word may have been translated yeah. or, or you know, substituted as wineskins. Yeah. Do you, do you and, and they were wineskins, but they were called bottles. Okay. Uh, do you got any revelation on... Uh, uh, the Old Testament says the uh, the lamb shall lay down with the uh, lion. With the lion. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, it, would you get any secrets on that verse? Yeah, that's a that's a, a prophetic um, scripture of the millennial reign of Christ uh, when He comes back. So the lamb is going to lay down with the lion. It's in Isaiah uh, mm -hmm. chapter 11. Yeah. Uh, it says the wolf also shall d uh, dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the kid and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together and the little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall feed their young and shall lie down together and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen when the Lord comes back is he's going to establish his throne in Jerusalem. This is after all the battle of Armageddon and the Antichrist is thrown into the lake of fire and everything else. But it's not the end. There's another thousand years. It's the literal Sabbath. It's the seventh thousand year period of time on the earth. Mm -hmm. And he said, I am Lord of the Sabbath. So it is the Sabbath of the Lord. That's what the day represents, the day of the Lord, the thousand year reign of Christ. Mm -hmm. And during that time, there's going to be a river that flows out of the altar and it goes to the Dead Sea and the Mediterranean. 
Trees are going to grow along the banks that are going to have leaves that are for the healing of the nation. Mm -hmm. The waters of the Dead Sea are going to be healed. This is all in the book of Ezekiel. Okay. And um, the uh, longevity will be back to men living upwards of a thousand years. Mm -hmm. uh, the Bible says a child shall die at a hundred. Can you imagine being a hundred years old mm -hmm. <laughs> and being considered hey, a hey, child? Hey, an interesting word that I, I saw the other day is in the Bible is the word matrix. What, what is the matrix? Uh, the matrix in the Bible was the womb. Mm, okay. So when a child opened the matrix, it was usually because it was the firstborn child of that okay. mother. Why didn't they just call it the womb? I, I, old English language used different terms. So, so that word's been around a long time. The, the word matrix? Yeah, matrix. Yeah, it's been around a long time, but it was just used by the King James uh, translators. Okay. Oh, now, you, now you're getting put to the test here. Uh, is the earth flat or round? The earth is round. <laughs> hey, you know, if you ever want to start... The Bible talks about the circle of the earth. Okay, so I, I want to I start, start an argument among everybody. So, uh, rapture, you said you believe in a rapture. So is it pre-trib, pre, uh, mid-trib, post-trib? Pre-tribulation, because tribulation begins with God's wrath and um, we're delivered from the wrath to come. So I believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. I'm sure we just messed somebody up on that one. All right, so here we go. Um, there are some who believe that the jab is the mark of the beast. What is your understanding of the mark? I, I don't believe the jab itself is the mark of the beast. If that were the case, we would be worshiping the beast right now. And the beast is going to be an entity. He's a person. He's an Assyrian prince. Uh, he's got Jewish lineage. Uh, the Bible's very clear on who he's going to be. He's a Nephilim. He's going to uh, be occupied by the spirit of the bottomless pit, Apollyon or Abaddon. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, possessed, if you will, by that. Yeah. Now, now so, is he... um, go ahead. Okay, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, is he also a sodomite? Because didn't it say he'll have no regard for women? Um, I don't believe he's going to be... Uh, a, uh, now, it says he has no regard, but it, I don't think that has anything to do with him having a sexual proclivity of one kind or another. Sounds like he doesn't want to know women. Yeah, it, I, it really, it's, there's not going to be much time for him anyway. Mm -hmm. He's got three and a half years to become the, the leader of the earth and then declare himself to be God. Mm -hmm. And then he's got three and a half years before the Lord comes back to destroy him. So mm -hmm. I, I think more likely it is that his objective has nothing to do with um, mm -hmm. settling down and having a family. <laughs> yeah. He wants to yeah. be worshipped as God. Yeah, I don't mean to key on, on sodomite this much, but I do remember <laughs> I, have, I raised chickens and I had uh, two roosters. Well, I, I didn't like that. I, I don't like the idea of those roosters banging on the hens. And then, you know, then you get an egg with a dot in it, a little blood spot. So I didn't like it. So I had to find a, a home for my rooster. And I did. And uh, I took him to some friends who had 30 chickens and had this rooster. And, and I said, well, what's the problem? He said, well, that rooster doesn't like the hens. He just stands out there by himself. I was like, man, he, he's gay. I mean, yeah, I said, you can have my, my, my roosters and I'm sure they're going to get at it. So I, I didn't know that went into the, the, the animal kingdom or not. All right. Uh, Scott, well, I might suggest something to you about yeah. that passage you were alluding to Daniel, because yeah. it's a really good thing. You brought that up. Actually, okay. the, the verse about regarding women is this, it says, neither shall he regard the God of his father's, 
uh, which is an indication that Antichrist, we're talking about Antichrist here in the book of Daniel chapter uh, 11. And that's an indication that he's Jewish from his, from his, you know, genetics or lineage or human part of him. And it says, nor the desire of women, nor regard any God, for he shall magnify himself above all. That desire of women, he's not talking about um, whether or not he has a, a desire in his heart for a romantic relationship with a woman. The desire of women is Jesus Christ. The seed of the woman, the, from time immemorial, the woman has desired to be the one to be bring forth the birth of the, the one, the redeemer that would redeem all mankind. It ends up being Mary. Yeah. But he's not going to regard the desire of women as a reference to he will not have any regard for the anointed of the Lord. Yeah. 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 But it, it's well, often misconstrued yeah. as the other way you were talking about. I've thought that way many, many, many years. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that, but I can tell you those hens were sure happy to have a couple of real men in their flock. <laughs> so that's all I can tell you, man. So they were pretty happy about that. All right, here we go. Um, this is uh, uh, from Raul. It says, uh, Scott, if Jesus is the father, then why did Yeshua Jesus say he was sent by him doesn't that mean he is not god the father yeah jesus christ said i and my father are one and they are they're a trinity god the father god the son god the holy spirit the bible says in first john that these three agree in in one and um, that's the record so that talks really about you get into the whole quantum physics realm of the spiritual things that we can't really put our fingers on from the human experience because how can god be in more than one place at a time you know mm-hmm. how can be how can he be omniscient mm-hmm. how can he be omnipotent how can he be all these things well he can because he's god mm-hmm. we may may not be able to understand that we well, can would be read a secret. it and believe it that would be his, that would be that'd be a secret yeah, it's, that, a it's a secret. It's true. It is a mystery, and it's a mystery to this day. But he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So they can be uh, three in character, but one in nature. Didn't it even say that, Scott? Didn't it even say it is a mystery and then talk about the, the Trinity? Yeah, well, it says great is the mystery of godliness, and he talks about God was manifest in the flesh and things like that. So, yeah, there's definitely mysteries about the Trinity or the Godhead, which many people reject as being true, and they call it a, 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 a what do you call it, a pantheistic God or whatever. Yeah. But um, it's, it's not. It's just that, I mean, if you think about it, when God created man, he said, let us make man in our image. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there were some people there. There was somebody there, not people, but there was someone there with him. Yeah. And it would have been, I mean, he created the sons of God before he made man, mm-hmm. the angels. Didn't, didn't you know, say, so they could have been there. Didn't, in a didn't he use the word us even in the book of Genesis? That's what I'm talking to, yeah, referring to Genesis 126. Let us make man in our mm-hmm. image. Mm-hmm. And then he says he made man in his image, but it's still the, 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 the reference of a plural there that he's referring mm-hmm. to. And it's not multiple deities. It's one God present in Father, Son, and Spirit. When it says, for those who have ears, let them hear, wouldn't wouldn't that mean for those who want to know the secret, you need to have ears to hear? So how can one get ears to hear? First of all, praying for the Lord to grant the understanding. If any man asks God, he'll give it liberally, the book of James says. If any man seek wisdom, let him ask of God. Uh, The second thing is to search the scriptures with an open heart rather than saying, I want to go prove this guy wrong or that person right. Let the word of God talk to you. 
you know, listen to teachers, listen to people preach. But, you know, if you take notes and you write down what they say and you go back and you try to justify what they say with the verses they gave you to follow, you're going to come to the same conclusion probably. But if you try to go and prove the scriptures wrong, a dear pastor friend of mine says, that's harder to do. But that's the way we ought to rightly divide the truth and be a good Berean. If you taught me something and you gave me several scriptures, I would go and try to see if I can find scriptures that teach against it. And if I can't find anything against it, then I know what you said was true. And what, I would encourage what, what you if to you, do that. What if, you found, what if I gave you five scriptures and you only found two that were against it? Well, we would still have to weigh them. It's not, it's not volume or quantity. It's it's truth quality, you know. It's precept For upon example, precept. Say, excuse me. Precept upon precept is what you're saying. Exactly, line upon line, and and the bottom line is uh, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Let's say I gave you five verses of scripture, and you could only find two to teach against it. Mm-hmm. What if one of my five I took out of context and I applied it? in a way that wasn't scripturally correct. Well, then you might be able to disregard that passage and now we're down to four to two. Mm -hmm. And then you can find another one and find out actually you misapplied that one too. You took it out of its context. So ultimately, when we compare scripture with scripture, we're gonna find the truth. Mm -hmm. All right, final question out of the live chat. What is the biggest secret in the Bible? (laughs) The biggest secret in the Bible. Wow, let's see. So many to choose. There's so many to choose. I think um, the biggest secret is that there was an entire civilization of angels on this planet before God made man. And the majority of Christianity rejects that because they read the beginning of the Bible, Genesis 1, verse 1, that says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And when they get to verse two, we've been instructed to think of it as, and here is how he did it. <clears throat> the earth was without form and void. Darkness was on the face of the deep. The spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And it's though this is how God started the creation. And I don't believe that's true. God created heaven and the earth, period, sometime in the past, and we don't know when. But the next verse is darkness and water as a result of a divine judgment. And God brings out of that the world that we understand now, and he put man in dominion of that planet. We don't know how long the earth existed with those angels in that civilization during time which Lucifer rebelled and brought down those kingdoms and things like that. So I think most of Christianity rejects that idea, and I'd like them to reconsider it to understand that someday we're going to join our elder race of brethren angels who are sons of God because we've been become sons of God by adoption through Jesus Christ. And one day we'll get to see these angels and say, wow, that's my older brother. <laughs> very good. That's a very good way to end this program. Uh, Scott, how can people learn more about what you, uh, what you uh, have found? Well, thank you, Daniel, for having me today. Uh, they can learn more about us at utvnow.com. That's my website. You'll find links to Facebook, YouTube, whatever you want to click on to learn. Uh, The podcast is Bible Mysteries. You can subscribe through any podcast app. A lot of people ask me and they say, hey, I I went to your website. I can't find your podcast. That's because there's a link to go subscribe. It's it's a podcast. So just keep in mind that for those of us that are technologically challenged, some of us, including me, uh, you subscribe to the app through uh, through the podcast through your favorite app. 
if you'd rather watch the videos and see the lovely Zena, the warrior princess uh, next to me, making me look good, you can go to YouTube Bible Mysteries and you can watch the podcast where we actually record video as well. Okay. And then um, if all else fails, write me at unlockthebiblenow at gmail.com and uh, I'll be happy to reach out to you. Okay. Well, Scott Mitchell, I appreciate you coming on the broadcast tonight. It's been a privilege, Daniel. Thanks for reaching out. Thanks for having me. And I think I might take you up on that offer to have you on sometime. If that's okay. <laughs> Never know. I don't charge too much. You, just four zeros. All right. <laughs> well, who knows? You might have some, some gift the Lord gave you that you can share with us. All right. Thanks a lot, Scott. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, everybody, that was Scott Mitchell talking about secrets of the Bible. So there you go.